8 o'clock. It's Friday night. You're listening to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm going to be your host tonight, Pam Benjamin. We've got so many funny comics, and they're going to be funny. And we are waiting for the throngs of audience to come streaming through the doors here at 2781 21st Street. Mutiny Radio, 30-seat, intimate audience. Come on by. Ten bucks every Friday. It really is a great show, and you're going to laugh so hard all people. I made pot kacha today, so pot focaccia for all the comedians, and at least we'll be high. I'm very high today. Please enjoy the dulcet tones of Floating Goat, my favorite band in San Francisco. They've been together for 19 years, just played at the Elbow Room on Thursday. Chris Corona, Ian, and drummer comedian Aaron Barrett, having a great time, great band. Enjoy them. We're going to be right back here on Mutiny Radio with Comedy Clubhouse. Incredibly exciting. The audience is streaming into mutinyradio.fm. Yes, they are here. We're excited. Uh, keep listening to the lovely tones of Floating Goat, and we're going to be back with comedy in just a second. We've got two real people. Yeah!
Yay, yay. We're going to start. Honey, there's people coming. You can't go to the bathroom. Yeah, there's people. Can't do it. Can't do it. We're here. Yay. Look, there's people. This is a real, it's a real show with real people. Here they are streaming into the doors of mutinyradio.fm at 21st in Florida in the deep mission. You made it. It's so cool here. It's so weird. You like the cool art on the walls? Just got the new art up. It's by a local artist named Joey Mock. It's the Retro Moto Project. They're all pictures of real motorcycles. People love motorcycles. Clearly, the artist loves motorcycles. Uh, I, motorcycles are cool. I, uh, I nanny for small children, and anytime a motorcycle goes by, I go, motorcycles are cool. Same thing with skateboards. I'm just trying to ruin children and have them and kill them, I guess, obviously. Don't wear a helmet. No, it's fine. Children are fine. Any, anybody have kids in here? You have kids? No, good for you. If you did, I'd be like, why aren't you with them? Why are you here? I'm here. I'm the nanny. I'm not, I'm not, if I'm here, where, why are you? I do, I, I touch baby dicks for money. That's one of the things I do. I, I, I touch baby dicks. It's because there are, all the mothers now aren't circumcising their children, which I absolutely support. I say circumcision, his choice, his decision. Why are we mutilating the tips of baby's dicks? Why? Like, I don't No, I mean, I get it because like I got some of the Jew in me. So we got a we got a covenant with Yahweh or whatever. And he takes the tops of the baby's dicks and puts them on his fingers like olives, you know, eats them right off and uses them. It's like calamari or nice little dipping sauce and maybe puts them in a skin box. I don't know what God's doing with the foreskins, but something. But then why are all the non-Jew American women since 1950s just chopping off the tops of their baby's dicks? And I think it's because they're lazy or they just are too afraid to touch baby dicks. You don't even have to touch them. If you put an 18-month-old boy in three inches of water, he will play with his dick. It's just like a thing that they do forever, I think. That's how that works. I'm a nanny. It's okay. I'm allowed to. I, 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 like I said, I get paid to deal with all that schmegma. It's... <laughs> Babies smell funny. Boys are gross. Yeah, welcome. You're like, oh, we started with what's going to happen tonight? I don't know. We started with foreskins. Uh, I I live around, uh, you know, the Tenderloin. Anybody, you get local people? No, not local. Where are you from? Livermore. Livermore. I was born in Livermore. I'm a Livermoreon. I was born in 1974. I was born at Livermore Memorial Hospital. I'm literally a Livermoreon. I'm like... Totally a local. You came all the way from Livermore. Good job. The BART doesn't even come out there. You have to like take a car to park to then take the BART to come in. It's weird. They're like, don't come into the city. That's great. Well, so I live, I live locally. I, I live in the Tenderloin and it is a fun neighborhood to live in. I've been dealing lately with the difference between catcalling and complimenting. And I'm not sure if I understand that. I mean, I kind of get it. I, I walked down the street and a nice gentleman said, Girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. Okay, that's a compliment. That's just a straight up compliment. That's a nice thing to say to somebody. I love it. Uh, I, another man said, girl, you got a nice fit on today. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I am fit. It's a nice outfit. It's a double entendre in cat call. It's a compliment. I don't I try not to wear skirts in the tenderloin uh, because a gentleman said, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Ah, oh, that's catcalling. That's catcalling. Well, so why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? That's kind of weird. Like, why? Sort of. Okay, bro, I don't know why you 
want to do that under there. Gross. I do. I understand cat calling now because I recently got a cat. I got a new kitten. And uh, I, I, come here, baby kitty, baby, baby kitty. I love you, baby kitty. And he runs the other direction. And I have to go and get, I'm going to touch I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you, kitty. And I go up to him and I want to touch him. And I go, ha, ha. And then I pick him up without consent. And I hold him and I turn him into, I say, you're a baby. You're a baby. And you like it. <laughs> and I kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> So now I understand catcalling. I understand. They don't like it. Girls don't like to be picked up without consent. That's You can't pick up a pussy without consent. I should be nicer to my cat. It's, I've been, I've been catcalling. It's hard. It's hard to tell the difference between like, I mean, I'm a feminist, so I like, you know, equality or whatever. And so I figured it's, it's time to objectify men equally. Like women are always going to be objectified. And as a feminist, I'm like, stop objectifying me it's like we get to objectify equally it's great uh one of the mail carriers on on this route i walk by him like every day at 5 30 and the other day he uh he was it was kind of warm and he had his mail shirt open and he had like a wife beater you know on and his pecs were kind of out and kind of and i said i hope that the postal service makes a calendar and they put you in it and then he smiled at me and I was like, did I just sexually harass the mailman? But like he had his shirt open and he looked so cute. He was totally asking for it. Like the way he was dressed, like he totally wanted me to say something. I know it. <laughs> just trying to objectify equally. Uh, you guys seem like you're a group. You're into equality. Equality now, everybody. Yay, equality now. I say that the best way, the easiest way to bring equality to the people right now is through PG-13 movies. Right? So right now, if you cover up the nipple, you can see 180% side boob. And that is PG-13. You can also see, see the butt, right? But so what I want to see for equality is some side scrot. Right? You know, some, okay, so follow with me. It's a Martin, it's a Martin Scorsese film, right? And there's an infinity pool and the sun is going down and Nick Cage is making his big comeback and he's coming out of the pool and uh, he's coming out of the stairs and his balls are long and deep in the water and his dick is hard and above the stairs. And so what we get to see is this beautiful stained glass side scrote for equality. I feel like a lot of old actors can really make their. I want to see. I want to see like Sean Connery's like side screw. I want to see like this long like plastic bag like thing. <laughs> Do your balls hang low? Do they wobble and throw? Like, tie them in a nut. Throw them over your shoulder. I want to see some <laughs> like a like a sail. <laughs> cool. Equality. You guys seem like you're into equality. I like it. That's good. I do. I'm a feminist, and I have to be. I don't want to call myself that. It's kind of a dirty word these days. You know, it's like, what do I call myself? Right? Uh, language is political. I'm a female. Right? I'm a person. I'm a cute man. We're all people. I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. But I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word spelled without the word men in it. It's spelled with an I. Like, I'm a feminist. No one gets that joke because they're like, I don't know how to spell. <laughs> like, I can read. I'm a witch. Ah! It's just so funny, all these weird words, right? Like, I used to, every month, I used to menstruate. <laughs> it's the one thing you can literally never do. 
You put your name on it. Menstruate, and you think it's gross. Wow, what? That's weird. Right? When you have sex for the first time, you break your high men. Hi, men. Hi, I can have sex with you now. Hi, men. The one I really understand right now uh, is menopause. Because, <laughs> man, I'm 45 and men are pausing. I mean, they're like, oh, I'm not going to pause. It's scary. Menopause is scary. It's real. I lost my sense of taste and smell. People were like, oh, did you hit your head? That happens when you hit your head sometimes. I'm like, I don't remember. That's also one of the things of hitting your head. But I didn't. It's just menopause. You lose your sense of taste and smell. Pretty common. Didn't know that? <laughs> the only good thing about menopause is that I never have to have another abortion. That is. Also, my underwear have never been happier. They are dry. It is great. I can wear sexy underwear for like the first time. There is no fear. <laughs> it's like nothing's coming out of there. Woo! I want to I wanna get a tattoo here like right above my uterus to commemorate its disuse um, of a tiny skeleton baby. Kitten. Kitten. A kitten. A tiny cute kitten. I want to birth a kitten. I just want all the cats everywhere. I, we went to Greece and there's cats everywhere and I wanted to like Angelina Jolie these cats. I wanted to like take all the Grecian cats and bring them back to San Francisco and be like, live here cats, isn't it great here? When there's plenty of cats here that need homes, so. It's kind of a dig on Angelina Jolie. <laughs> but I do want all the cats, I love cats. I'm a crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to shave my cat, and I want to knit a sweater out of his fur, and I want to make him wear it. Because <laughs> I love cats. I know that my cat loves me, because I was getting finger banged by my boyfriend. And <laughs> my cat didn't just sniff his fingers, he licked them. It's meaning that my cat loves me. Or women really do taste like tuna. Yeah. Either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. That's, that's ahi, not albacore. None of this white shit. It is dark and purpled with age. I've been masturbating for a long time. I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, I've I have this like fantasy. I'm gonna bring you guys in. We're getting close already. We're getting a little intimate. I'll share a little fantasy with you. Uh, I've always wanted to be with an uncircumcised guy because I want to pull up his dick. I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick. I want to put whiskey in his foreskin. I want I want whiskey dick for real. Can I get what I want? You know, it's twofold. Uh, one. You know, I'm an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And, and two boys are gross and you have to clean out all that schmegma. <laughs> Yay! I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, tonight. Yay! You glad for me. Hi, other person. There are real people in the audience. What I mean by real people are, are not comedians, because we all know that comedians have no soul. So that's, that's real. They're not real people. They're strange, scary. Uh, things that move around. So the way that this show works, we always will sing a little song at the beginning, and if you know how it goes, sing along, and if you don't, you'll figure it out. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Thank you, comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. <sighs> <laughs> I gotta get one of those vaporizers, you know. 
M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? You're here. You're already here. Yay. You have to be here. Uh, This is streaming live on mutinyradio.fm and the podcast will be here after. Thank you all for being here in person, in public. This is exciting. Um, I don't, you, you look like you're chomping to go first. I don't know. You look, but no. So usually what I do is I'm such a jerk. I don't like, I don't like write names down or choose an order. I just sort of make the comedians like mad dog each other to see who's going to go first. Like, and see who, and then sometimes they do Rosham for it and stuff like that. And sometimes they just stand outside and smoke cigarettes the whole time. And then, and then, and then they don't get to, no, they'll get, everyone gets to perform. Do you want to, are you okay going first? Fucking sweet. All right, uh, your next, your first comedian tonight. He's super funny. Everybody on the show tonight. I'm excited that you guys are here. They're all, they're all very, very funny people. And uh, he's no exception. You guys are gonna love him. Put your hands together for Casey Koenig. Yay! Thanks, Pam. How you guys doing? Good. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out on a Friday night. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, Muni Radio. It's it's good. It's good. Um, I've been doing a lot of comedy lately. Uh, last week I was actually at a show and uh, afterwards I was hanging out in the parking lot and this guy walks up to me and he goes, hey man, you had a really funny set. And I go, thanks. He goes, hey, do you want to smoke some weed with me? And I was like, I, I would. It's just that uh, I got to drive home after this and I can't drive when I'm high on weed. And he just goes, oh, all right. You want to do some cocaine? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can definitely drive on cocaine. (laughs) I can drive better on cocaine, actually. That's really considerate of you. (laughs) Just wired out of my mind on the highway, like, woo! (laughs) Make it in record time. Uh, The hardest thing about, uh, you know, kind of going home after doing, you know, mics is uh, actually, like, not stopping by fast food places, because it's kind of the only place to eat. And uh, I don't know, it's been a problem. Like. You ever go to McDonald's so much that the people that are working there start to recognize you? No? Okay. Because <laughs> I have. I pulled up to the window this one time, and uh, the guy literally made eye contact with me and just goes, hey, man, how's it going? And I was thinking, not good. Your friendship is my wake-up call. Do you have any, like, celery sticks on the dollar menu? Because <laughs> I'm having a bit of a crisis. Uh, I have, um, I got a haircut recently, and um, uh, thank you. That was the appropriate response. I've been saying that line, and surprisingly, San Francisco people are so nice, they start applauding usually. They're just like, yeah, we're impressed with you paying someone to do that to your head. (laughs) But it's nice. Um, Yeah, afterwards, uh, a buddy of mine uh, saw me and just kind of goes, oh, you got a haircut. And that's it. And I was like, that is not a compliment, that's just an observation. That's like if if you pulled out your phone, showed me a picture of your new girlfriend, and I was just like, huh, that's a woman. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the absence of a compliment is the presence of a diss, <laughs> and a pretty big one. <laughs> uh, let's see, I was driving through the suburbs the other day, and I saw one of those signs that said, uh, drive like your kids live here, you guys see that? It's just nice. It's a nice thought. So I rolled down to my window and I just went, I'm going out for cigarettes because I'm never going back. <laughs> That's a silly one. Uh, um, I don't know if you guys picked up my vibe yet or not, but um, I'm, I'm not exactly a fighter. I, uh, 
He's just like, yeah, we, we got that. We got that pretty fast. I know Nathan got that the first time he just made eye contact with me. He's just like, <laughs> he just like slapped me with his dick. Just like, <laughs> and I was like, do you need that thing sucked? Like, what? <laughs> no. uh, this has been fun. Um, I, I love you, man. You're, you're great. You're actually one of my favorite comics in the scene. This is awkward that, yeah, honestly. No, thanks, man. Yeah. All right, dude. <laughs> You're reading my mind, man. Um, now, the reason why Nathan and I are best friends is because I need a bodyguard. Uh, I, uh, I'm not a fighter. I, I learned that pretty early in life, too. Like, when, like, my mom signed me up for karate classes at the YMCA. You know, not because I was an athlete or anything. She was just like, that kid's going to need some self-defense. So, <laughs> to karate. And... Uh, what I can tell you from my experience is that karate really does give you the confidence that you should not have, because <laughs> it did not, especially a kid though, because like they really pump you up in there. They're just like, you're way, you know, you're strong, way to go, you can do it. And it's like, yeah, damn straight. You got a yellow belt. I can take anybody now, right? Right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah. And one day I went to school and I found out that uh, karate doesn't actually teach you how to fight. Karate teaches you how to do karate, and. Uh, they were pretty different. Like I was facing off with this bigger fella in the schoolyard, and uh, he he kind of looked more angry than confused. I mean, like yeah, he wasn't angry. He was more confused than that. It was just kind of like, dude, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you in like 20 seconds. Like why, what, why would you do this? And I just showed him my karate blocks, like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and that's the last thing I remember. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I um. The worst part about it actually was afterwards, like when my dad found out, he was just like, what? You got your ass kicked at school. I'm going to give you boxing lessons. And I was like, all right, that'll toughen me up. And what I found out was that boxing lessons really meant us putting on gloves, going to the garage and him punching me in the head. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good for me. We had boxing lessons usually like anytime you had a bad day at work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I love them. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have a I have a pretty fun family. My uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Um, I uh, I was hanging out with some of my friends recently, and uh, one of our friends has this weird laugh. He like snorts a lot when he laughs. Like, <laughs> all right, actually, did I fucked that up? It's harder than that. It's like <laughs> there it is. Yeah, and uh, being his friends, we all piled on him. Right, made fun of him relentlessly for about thirty minutes, and. Uh, Looking back, I actually think that might be the meanest thing you could say to somebody. It's like, hey, you know that sound that you make when you experience euphoric joy? We hate that. <laughs> yeah, you should feel self-conscious about that involuntary thing you do. Um, yeah, I guess I could tell you guys about my grandma. I, <laughs> I have a grandma. It's cool. My sister gave me, like, okay, here's the thing. I have a sister, and she's a bit of a gossip, and she gets on my nerves because I know she's talking shit about me and because she talks shit about everybody else. And she had this update about my grandma. She goes, Casey, grandma has a new boyfriend in the nursing home, and they're probably having sex. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, what's even crazier is you thinking that I'd want to know that. <laughs> she's in her 80s. Like, why would I want to picture that? <laughs> And she goes, yeah, it's just not hurting anybody. I'm like, yeah, it's hurting my brain. 
Like, grandma's not even people anymore. She's just shapes. Like, why, why are you doing this? Does grandma know you're talking shit? It's not fun. That's not good. Uh, I think I have one the time for like one story, and then I got to get out of here. Uh, oh, I have plenty of time. You, oh, you have you have at least three minutes before I was even gonna think Woo! about. Lighting. All right, then I have time for one story and then like one line. Um, I uh, let's see. I <laughs> you guys picked up on my vibe. I uh, I've had a lot of bad dates. Um, the <laughs> the uh, the best thing that actually ever happened to me was this one time. Um, I. Uh, I actually got like kind of peer pressured into like a like a gay situation not just just out of loneliness I don't know if anybody's ever felt that way before <laughs> no I'll explain um when I was in college like I, it was like my first semester in community college and like I didn't have any friends I didn't know anybody yet and um uh, I, like uh, it was I was hard up for friends and I remember I met this guy in my art class and he was just like case you're a cool dude and I was like Thank you. It's <laughs> really nice. He goes, uh, you want to come to my place later tonight and for a party? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely go. Like, high five, right? And later that night, I go to his place, and uh, I knock on the door. He opens it, and there's nobody inside. Yeah. And I was like, where's the party, man? And he goes, this is the party. And I was like, oh, OK. Like, what are we going to do? He's just like, yeah, I was thinking we'd watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, like Gladiator or Fast and the Furious, something like that. He's like, yeah, I was thinking more like Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know what it was, so I just kind of went along with it. I was just like, yeah, why not? Just two bros hanging out, watching a romantic comedy together. Let's go. <laughs> so I walk in, and uh, it was a tiny place. It was just like one of those places that just has like a TV, a fridge, and a bed, and that's it. And so he sits down on the bed and just kind of goes, take a seat. <laughs> yeah, that was my response too. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he plays the movie. About 10 minutes in, I remember like, I was just kind of watching it and just going, hey man, this isn't an action movie. And he puts his hand on my knee and he goes, no, this is an action movie, right? Yeah. Which was such a great line, really. Like, honestly, I should have let him fuck me. I really, <laughs> I kind of regret not doing that. It all did work out for me, though. Like, I actually uh, ended up uh, getting married last year to a woman. What? <laughs> it's great. I actually ended up marrying the woman I lost my virginity to. That's a true story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, whenever I tell people that, they're always just like, oh, you're religious? And it's like, no, I'm just grateful. Like, <laughs> just appreciate all the cool things she did in my body and it's just no one had ever been that nice to me before like should have seen college should have seen college i think that's my time thanks so much for hanging out everybody have a good night case caning coning i never know how to pronounce anybody's name it's i'm a terrible person but he's super funny i love that story that you told about the the, the boy you're yeah it's good. I like it. Uh, yay, good times. Who's going to Mad Dog? I'm, I'm going to host from back here because I, I don't have a board up tonight, so I'm like running the board because it's also a radio program. And so I'm going to hide back here. Hi! And say things. And you'll be like, what? Uh, before I bring up your next comedian, I will give you guys a pro tip. Uh, if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers. You smoke them. 
don't be gross, smoke those boogers. It totally, totally works. <laughs> I know, from the mouths of it. Take it from the old lady, children. You smoke those boogers. Uh, your next comedian, he's such a, he's such a young little whippersnapper. Um, Cody, are you, are you cool to go? Do you want to mad dog anybody to go, or are you okay going? All right. All right, he's uh, he, he is a cute little whippersnapper. He's got his little headband on to keep his hair out of his way because he's gonna he's gonna kickflip his way into your hearts. Uh, everybody, <laughs> put your hands together for Cody Abe. No, one day maybe. Um, how you guys doing? You guys doing good today? Hell yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, but I can kind of tell like you guys are doing okay because uh, I'm psychic. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, you can just tell just by looking in somebody's eyes how they're doing, right? Like you can tell if somebody's high, like if they're tired or if they're Asian. Like you can tell all of that really easily just by looking in somebody's eyes. Um, yeah, I'm Asian. I'm Japanese. The headband is for emphasis. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, People like see the headband, they're like, hey, you're the Karate Kid. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of racist, dude. Like a little bit, because the Karate Kid is uh, from Jersey and he's Italian or black. Like one of the two. That's neither, neither of them are me, you know? I'm, I'm Japanese and from Hawaii, you know? That's why they call him the Karate Kid, right? Because he's not Asian. Like if he was Asian, he would just be the kid. That's the true st statement right there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Japanese, I'm from Hawaii. Uh, I don't know much about karate. I do know that I have a lot of mixed feelings about Pearl Harbor, though. I do. It's uh, a history joke. Um, it's a very important day for my family, uh, December 7th, because it was a day that my grandparents decided whether or not they are going to fight for the greatest country in the world or the winners. And they chose the winners. That's why I'm here today, everybody. That's why I'm here. Thing. Great old, not as great as you. I mean, that's why I'm not, not on like a, like I would probably be on like, you know, some bullet train somewhere, you know, fondling a girl maybe. I don't know. What do Japanese people do? They Do they go in forests? <laughs> they go in forests, right? Some of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm proud of my Japanese heritage, though I am. Uh, I used to wear a rising sun headband. Do you guys know the rising sun? The the flag, uh, it's the, the flag of the Japanese Imperial Army. Uh, a lot of people wear it because it looks cool. Uh, I, I, wear it, I wore it because it looked cool. But this guy came up to me. He was like, dude, you can't wear that headband. That's like wearing a Confederate flag headband. And I was like, they make Confederate flag headbands? Uh, I don't think you know what a headband is. Like, have you seen the flag? Like, that wouldn't fit on a headband. Uh, that's not, like, the simplicity of the one that I'm wearing now is why I can wear this headband. It's it's too busy, you know? Like, that's the main reason I probably wouldn't. Also, the racism. Um, <laughs> the racism's important, too, but uh, mainly, fa like, fashion is cool. Uh, I don't know. Fashion. I wear, I wear this kind of clothing, you know, like athleisure, combination of the words athletic and leisure. Like I'm relaxing, but I can run anywhere in a second, like whenever you want me to, in case, just in case, you know, like what, what are you, like I like people, I like wearing clothing that makes people question my intentions. Like not, not in a bad way, just in like a way where it's like, is he going to the gym or is he just gonna 
lay in his bed the whole day. Like, I don't know which one he's going to do. Uh, spoiler alert, it's always lay in my bed because i got a uh, sick lull mattress. Use my code at... No, I'm kidding. That's not a... That's a <laughs> podcast joke there. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's... It, I, I speak. I was talking about my mattress. I had to buy a mattress recently because I just moved. I moved uh, out of a house where I was living with a conspiracy theorist for nine months, and I realized that living with a conspiracy theorist is kind of like being at a timeshare seminar. Like you're just getting talked to by somebody that's just trying to sell you a dream. That's all that's happening there. And I realized that if uh, she was a lot older than me too, is an older woman conspiracy theorist living with me. And I realized that if you're gonna live with somebody that's a lot older than you, it should be a conspiracy theorist because it you either become a conspiracy theorist or you learn that just because somebody's older than you, that doesn't mean that they're wiser than you. You know, that doesn't mean they're smarter than you. So I'm a conspiracy theorist now, and it's great, honestly. It's it's more fun. It's a lot more fun. I got a new murder mystery I'm keeping up with. Uh, you know, Epstein, like that's fun going on. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's a way better director now, in my eyes. Like the moon landing? The moon landing, are you kidding me? That's crazy, like, poof, like you can't write that, you know, at all. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna come out and say it. I think chemtrails uh, look cool. <laughs> they do. Uh, it's like it's like skywriting, but with a conspiracy. You know, uh, will you marry me? Because I'm gonna control your brain. Like it's it's like it's a whole conspiracy. Obviously, I don't know much about conspiracies or anything. I'm just <laughs> spouting a bunch of nonsense right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I don't keep up with the news enough to like no conspiracies uh you know if i were to like there's so much news nowadays you guys like look like a twitter crowd you guys go on twitter a lot maybe no not really okay i said that because i i knew you it was ironic did you get that did you get that that was irony uh, <laughs> so i don't i don't really i don't really keep up with the news um you guys watch tv a lot no no what you guys you guys keep watch any shows Great British Bake Off. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> literally, like, do you taste the TV? No. Um, <laughs> it, like, if I were to watch, uh, if I were to watch, keep up with the news, you guys, do you even keep up with, do you guys know, do you guys speak English? Like, is that? Okay. Just checking. Because I was going off of the cadence of my voice when I stopped at a punchline. I hope you guys would laugh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh <laughs> so I was like uh, the, the news like it, there's so much of it and it comes out at such a fast rate like I was talking to my friend once and halfway through that conversation he stopped me and was like dude I just got an update and I was like wow why are you why can I just so much news that's like if I was watching an episode of the Great British Breaking Show and halfway through the episode they were like we're playing the next episode of the Great British Breaking Show and I didn't and then you're just like well, I I, I didn't get to finish that episode that you should have watched faster, dude. Like, come on. I don't keep up with the news. Uh, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a weird time politically we're in. You think so? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, that's usually the response I get from white people. Like, probably. But then, like, ethnic people would be like, definitely, you know? <laughs> 
like there's a there, that's the white privilege line it's it's unsure to definitely sure that's where we go from there uh but i, I have proof for every one of you uh so i'm a grocery store cashier that's what i do as a day job and i witnessed an asian man cut in front of or a white man cut in front of an asian man that's a hate crime in this climate. I don't know if you guys know that, but it is. Uh, so the white man cut in front of an Asian man. I was disappointed in him too, really. I was like, I looked at him and I was like, you can do better, dude, really. I couldn't say anything though, because I was uh, legally required to ask him uh, to, to step back. I don't know. Like, it's weird working at a grocery store because there's so many rules, but at the same time, none of them care. Like it's you, you, you just continuously hate your job and realize that customer service just means you're a bitch to the customer. Like you're servicing them sexually most of the time. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, so anyway, so uh, so the Asian guy ended up standing up for himself. I was really proud of him. I was, and I was as he was unloading his groceries. I just like said, Yang Yang, and he was like, "What'd you say, sir?" And I was just like, uh, "Do you need bags today?" And I was just like, uh, and he's just like, do you, you just said Yang Gang, didn't you? And I was like, um, uh, are you a member? Are you a member today here at this fine establishment? And he was like, uh, you just said Yang Gang. I, I, I did say Yang Gang. It, I'm going to be tell you the truth. I did say Yang Gang. Uh, but it wasn't even politically. It was not politically. It's because I didn't have a word or phrase or like action to say or do to commiserate, struggle to like say that hey, we're both going through the same thing, right? And like it's weird. Like everyone, every other group kind of has a has a thing, you know. Like like black guys have the N word. Uh, Latinos have the N word. Uh, white guys have rallies. Like everyone has their own thing. And here I am, just looking for a word, and it's just the first thing that came to mind. It really was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you guys will, I'm just gonna do this joke, cause I, fuck it. Okay, um, so y you guys don't like keep up with any social media, so this is n probably not gonna be relatable at all. But, uh, so there's a there's this like news video fad out now about like, um, it's kinda like, it's like this BuzzFeed type video where it's kind of, uh, so here's an example. It's hard to explain. It's like black dads uh, try each other, try other black dads uh, barbecue or something like that. It's, it has that vibe, that kind of slightly racist vibe to it. Um, so I was like, why don't you just lean into it, right? Like, why don't you do like Asian dads test other Asian dads kids? <laughs> or like, uh, Muslim dads test other Muslim dads' bombs. Like, I just think that you should, uh... <laughs> All right, that's my time, everybody. Cody Abe, everyone. Yay! Yay, Cody Abe. That would be like a bunch of white ladies trying each other's La Croix, you know? Like, I've got the pamplemousse. <laughs> what flavor do you have? Do you like the mandarin better? Big fan of the lime. Keep it simple. Uh, all right. That was lovely. Uh, vaguely, vaguely racist. Uh, that's fine. Uh, racism is a real thing, and racism is fine. It's bigotry that's a problem. So we're all racist. Like, everyone knows that. But it's the bigotry that's a problem. So yay. We're not bigots. Yay. Um, I was actually a special ed teacher for years and years, so I actually get to use the hard R. I feel like I, feel like I worked hard enough to be able to say retard. Like, if I was a special ed teacher for four years, I own that word now. Come on. 
Is that is that too mean? Do you want to um, mad dog uh, mad dog each other for the next set, or Kelly Evans? Do you want to go or? I love I love your next comedian's energy. Uh, he he's great. He he used to have um, a beard, and I asked him a long time ago. I was like, "Why don't you shave off the beard?" And he said, "I don't." And he's a really handsome man. He was like telling me all these all of his insecurities, and I was like, and then he shaved it off, and I'm like, "You don't you don't look the way you think you look at all." <laughs> Um, but you're funny. Oh, but it shouldn't matter what he looks like. I, I, he's because he's a funny guy, and it's it's what's it's what he thinks and what's in his heart. It doesn't matter how cute he is. Put your hands together for Kelly Evans. Yay! Thank you, Pam. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, no. I I think I look like a classy divorced dad right now. You know, like that's. <laughs> It's the jacket mostly, but the mustache helps. I still live in the garage, you know? <laughs> Haven't found that uh, studio apartment yet. You know, still looking. <laughs> Take me back, Janet, please. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I did have a beard up until like a week ago, and then I shaved it for Halloween for this mustache. Ron Burgundy, gave sure wondering. That was the costume. And it uh, worked out great. It was great. Um, the annoying thing about having a mustache, though, was like people that I had seen two days before walked up to me and were like, hey, did you grow a mustache? What? <laughs> That's not how that works. Uh, yeah, first of all, you thought that I didn't have a beard, even though you've known me for a year. <laughs> Second of all, is that how you think mustaches work? You can't grow it in two days. It's not, what the fuck? I wasn't like, Argh! no. So I gained a mustache, but... Lost respect for those people completely, you know? Also, mustache, great for Halloween. Not so great uh, for talking to my neighbor's kids, you know? <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, they're very talkative. Like, they want to chat all the time, they, you know, uh, and I entertain them. I'm like, sure, I'll talk to you, little Nikki. Whatever, man, you know? And, uh, you know, what do we talk about? Nothing. They have horrible stories. It's just this, no beginning or end. It's all middle. It's just like, you know, but I smoke a lot of weed, so we're on the same level, you know? And uh, the other day, Nikki's like chatting me up. It was like, like four days ago. And uh, he, we're talking about planets, you know, as you do. And about 10 minutes into the conversation, his mom walks out, like grabs him by the hand, walks him inside, and then comes back and says, uh, please don't talk to my children. It's like, what the fuck, lady? It's like, do you think I started a conversation about planets with your kid? No. <laughs> it's like, doesn't make any sense. No. Also, just because I'm a dude and I happen to have this horrific mustache does not mean I shouldn't be able to just have a conversation with a kid. Like, I'm not up to something nefarious, but also, uh, he's not even that cute, you know? <laughs> just saying. Like, if I was going to lose it all, then it wouldn't be for little Nikki. I'm just going, I'm going to go up, you know? It's like, this guy thinks the moon is a planet. I'm just... <laughs> Not that smart of a kid. <laughs> These are jokes, all right? I wouldn't, yeah, I'm not going to kidnap a kid um, yet. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I suffer from depression. Yeah, that's a real thing. Um, but I was walking the street the other day, not like a prostitute. I was just walking down the street. That sounded weird. It's a weird way to say that. Um, I was walking down the street the other day, and I saw a place called Plant Therapy, um, and their motto is plants are cheaper than therapy, right? Uh, so I quit going to therapy, y'all. <laughs> yeah, right? Bought some plants, started telling them all my problems, and uh, they're dead. They all died. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think this plant therapy uh, may not work. You know, I'm just going to 
keep giving it a try though. Buy some tulips. Uh, <laughs> like begonias. That's a fun word. Anyway. Uh, I did, uh, I did have depression in college as well. So I used to self-medicate. I did a lot of drugs. I did, like, Give it up for drugs, right? Make some noise. All right, cool. Who's holding? <laughs> we'll talk later. Um, yeah, but, uh, I dated this girl in college and she was like, you know, you should really maybe think about seeing a therapist rather than self-medicating. And I was like, all right, sure. Yeah, fine. I'll do that. And, uh, I did, uh, I stopped doing the drugs for a bit uh, and um, went to this therapist in college, told uh, them him all my problems, you know, gave it like, laid it all out, right? And uh, he gave me a bunch of drugs, so <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Boom, back in the game, baby. Got a copay now, you know? It's discounts, that's what I'm talking about. Get to go inside the CVS finally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not recording this, by the way. You're recording this, right? Okay, thank God, because I... I'm not going to remember this. Um, <laughs> instead of smoke weed, you know? <laughs> it's just memory loss. It's a real thing. Uh, I found, uh, as we're continuing our uh, mental health parade, uh, I also <laughs> uh, realized I have, like, slight OCD. It's, like, mild. It's not, I don't want to, like, put myself in the category, like, the same person who's, like, touching every screw in their house before they leave. It's not that bad. I found out at a wedding recently that I have OCD. And basically what it is is, like, when it's really quiet and solemn, I just feel this, like, urge to yell out, you know, right? Like, uh, specifically during the objections portion of the wedding, which is a weird time, usually, right? Usually that means like you're either in love with the bride or the groom, like you're into it, you want to pursue them. However, uh, this was my cousin's wedding. So yeah, that would just really look bad on my part. Like, come on, Janet, the law says it's wrong, but my heart says it's right. I'm from Texas, if you can't tell. <laughs> just That's not the stereotype I want to play up, though, right? Also, she's a lesbian, so <laughs> it's just one way or another, it just looks bad, like I'm against their values. Now, anyway, so I'm just not going to weddings anymore is my point. That's a, just gave up on weddings entirely. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, you guys, uh, I love fast food. I'm a big fast food fan. I eat it all the time. It's my favorite food. Maybe some of you understand. Or maybe just you have a cheat day, right? Some of you had cheat days. Uh, I have days, just all of them. There is no separation at all. Yeah, I love fast food. Hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken strips, you know, French fries, the food of my people, white people, right? Be proud of your culture, white people. Not too proud. Don't be too proud of your culture, all right? White pride is not a thing I want to be advertising. Anyway, fast food, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love Jack in the Box. It's one of my favorites, Jack in the Box. Uh, I do not love the bathroom at Jack in the Box, though. That is, like, it is easier to get a loan than it is to get in that fucking bathroom. Like, what is going on in there? Is that where they make the tacos? What is happening? Like, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. You got to go to the counter, and you got to get a key, and it's attached to a fucking ridiculous utensil, like a four-foot ladle. What are they? They're not using that later, are they? Anyway, I take that to the door, and now you got to download an app. There's an app involved, and they want a passcode, and it's personal information. Like my mom's birthday, I don't want to give that. Also, I don't know what that is. I got to call her. Like, I don't know. We got to talk for 15 minutes, hear about Cousin Trudy's meth problem. Mom, I'm crowning. Hurry it up. Let's get in there. All right? Finally get that information, punch it in. Now there are riddles. And then a bridge troll appears. He's like, I want your first porn. I'm like, fuck it, man. Take him. I already shit my pants a little bit. I just got to get in that door. 
and I get the door open finally. I was like, oh, so, oh thank God. And uh, just another door. There's just another door. So I shat in the parking lot is my point. I shat. It was in the bag. All right. I'm not trash, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, what else did I want to talk to you about? That's going to be a dick move, but I'm reading a piece of paper right now. This is how comedy works, people. You're seeing the inside process. Soak it up. All right. Oh, open mics. I know to a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever been to an open mic? Do you know what it's like? Right? Yeah, maybe not. They. No, I know you have. Jesus. Okay. It's not your time to respond, Nathan. Nasty Nate, you know? Uh, anyway. Did you know that we call him that? That's his nickname. Spread that around. It's his nickname, <laughs> Nasty Nate. Tell everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I go to a lot of open mics, which take you to some weird locales. They're pretty much anywhere. Coffee shops, uh, sometimes at bars, strip clubs, evidently. Right? You're like, yeah, no, 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 no. It is not enjoyable at all. First of all, I just think it's a weird place for comedy because strip clubs are full of like these lonely like desperate men who like don't have the ability to talk to an actual woman but like most comics are you know what never mind you know <laughs> let's just keep moving with these fucking jokes uh my um uh like 10 years ago my cousin joined a cult uh, which makes sense. We're, I'm from Texas. It's a religious place, so you're already, like, bred to believe anything. You know what I mean? That's why I'm a conspiracy theorist. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm ready for it. And uh, my family, because we're close in age, they asked me to talk to her and, like, kind of, like, convince her to not join. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, Tiffany, you really got to, like think about this because you want to really throw your life away for these people and like you don't know what they believe in and uh she's like well it's a sex cult i was like hey, are they hiring more people are they bring you bring anybody else on you know i'm available i just say where is this uh yeah so <laughs> you can change your mind about these things is my point however i was a little upset because um uh, she joined this cult, and uh, they never asked me to be a part. You know, I was like, really? Like, I wouldn't join, but, like, it feels nice to be asked. I just want to be wanted. Anybody else? Is that wrong to feel that? Okay, that's. <laughs> I will do that joke. All right. I got two jokes. I got two jokes in the barrel, and that is one of them. Uh, what else did I want to do? I did want to, uh, oh, okay, I'll do this, and then I'll do 80s, and then I'll uh, do the fucking thing. I got one finishing joke, which, well, well maybe we'll get to it. Anyway, um, my mom smokes weed. Uh, anybody else's mom smoke weed? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> eh, does that mean, like, no, she's more of a meth fan, you know, that's cool. All right, you know. We all have different moms, I guess. Um, but mom smokes weed. She has for a long time smoked weed. And uh, that means my drug talk was a little different than my friends. You know, my friends, uh, parents basically told them, don't do drugs. Uh, but my mom was really more like, don't do my drugs. <laughs> I did. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to CVS when I can just go to the other room. It's in the dolphin statue. You know, porcelain. She's a fan. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, it basically, like, she just told me one night, although I probably should have figured it out considering the sheer amount of bongs in our house. You know, I just thought we're really into glass decorations. Like, I was a stupid kid is my point. And uh, we're walking one day. We're home, walking home from dinner, and she pauses, and she says, uh, Kelly, I just – I got to tell you this. Uh, me and your stepdad, we smoke weed, and um, so does your uncle, and – 
three of your cousins and your great aunts and uh, your great uncle and your grandparents. Well, I was like, what the fuck? What about my dare classes? It was a, uh, yeah, anyway, that wasn't the best response. <laughs> and then she smoked in front of me. Yeah. I got a demonstration. That's how serious she took these talks, you know? Like, how many of you got that in your drug talk? You didn't even get any graphs, I bet. Anyway, so that was pretty cool, actually. I was like, all right. I mean, she didn't smoke with me. I was 13. She's not a bad parent. Um, uh, but I was a little concerned the next week uh, when she told me she wanted to talk to me about sex. I was like, uh, for you, in the demonstration model. I'm going to stay at my friend's house for the next week. I don't need to have that talk. Cool. He likes it. <laughs> um, all right. Pam, for you. All right. Uh, I love like the movies of my childhood. Uh, does anybody else grow up in the eighties here? Cool. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> well, at least know about back to the future, right? Back to the future, the famous movie, Michael J. Fox, right? Um, so I rewatched that movie recently and, uh, it wasn't quite as how I remembered it. You know, I was like, um, because if did you know, the movie is basically about a boy, uh, whose best friend is an older man. That's a little weird. Uh, and whose mom keeps trying to fuck him. You know, like that's a big part of that movie. You know, that's, it's a little uncomfortable, right? You're feeling it right now. It's uncomfortable. Well, I bet you don't feel as uncomfortable as I did when I watched that movie with my mom recently. Yeah. She decided to tell me, you know, if you went to my high school, I'd date you. No. No. God. Ah, anyway, 80s movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It was a fucking weird thing. But I mean, like all those movies in the 80s, like if you go back and watch them, they're all really fucking strange. They all have some weird premise or plot point that just doesn't make any sense. Like Splash with Tom Hanks. He fucks a mermaid. It's not literally in there, but it's subtext, you know? And then I don't know if you know Howard the Duck. It's a small movie. It's basically an alien duck comes to the planet Earth and tries to fuck Leah Thompson. She's also in that movie. She's trying to fuck a lot in that in these 80s. 80s movies. I'm just saying, Back to the Future, Howard the Duck. Uh, I'm pretty sure Big was statutory. I'm 90% sure that's got to qualify, right? I mean, seriously, she drops him off at his house as a kid. That's weird, right? So she's not going to have to go to a therapist for that. And then, like, I am almost 100% sure that E.T. probably fingered that kid, you know? Just, uh, yeah, that's where we lose it, huh? That's where we lose it. Yeah, it was a weird time. It was the 80s, though. It was the 80s were weird. Uh, it's cocaine, that's why. You know, it's like so much cocaine in the 80s. Like, anyway, there's more to that, but I feel like you're not on board with these. <laughs> so, so I will tell you this, and let me get out of here. Um, you guys know the test, 23andMe? You've done this test. Has anybody done it? No? Cool. But you know it, right? It's a genetic test. They take your DNA, and they fucking clone you. Okay, maybe maybe not some of you, but uh, they, you know, most people. Um, so I'm not really into that, but my mom bought me one for Christmas like two years ago, uh, even though she knows my passionate feelings about cloning. Fine, mom, that's fine. Uh, you know, I actually think it was her fun way of saying, I don't know who your dad is. You figure it out. Ah, have fun. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> that's a fun part of that story. But yeah, I let sit on my uh, shelf for like eight months. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Like, seriously, give them my genetic information. Fuck that. Uh, and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, I am an alcoholic. 
They definitely should be cloning me. Like, I'm functional, baby. Like, you need these jeans. I'm saying we could all be improved by my jeans. Yeah, I'm great. That's my point. Uh, so I did it. I was like, fuck it. I'll do it. I did the test. And uh, what I found out, actually, is really interesting. I found out uh, they wanted spit, not semen. Ooh, what? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to leave. So thank you. Let's finish on semen. Kelly Evans, everyone, yay! All that cocaine. They came up with such great movies. Whoopi Goldberg was in a lot of them. Do you remember the one where Whoopi Goldberg and a T-Rex were detectives together in the 80s? Do you remember that movie? Nope, just me. Is that like, is that one of those ones where it's like, did I make that up? There's some things I don't even know. There's a movie called Bulletproof, I think. I've never seen it all the way through, and there's and it has Adam Sandler in it. Is that, it's, it really happened, right? Like I'm asking my boyfriend who's like, yeah, those are real things. I didn't know if I just made things up in my head. Like, I don't even know if my childhood was real. I just, 21 Jump Street. Johnny Depp was my boyfriend, right? That happened, didn't it? If you masturbate enough to a person, do they become your boyfriend? Is that how, is that how that, when you're, when you're in seventh grade? Cool. Uh, I love Johnny. I love me some Johnny Depp. One of the one of the fights, one of the only fights my mom and I ever got in was when I wanted to watch 21 Jump Street and she was like, "We don't watch TV during dinner. We turn the TV off." And I had this huge fight with her about. It was before like VHS even existed. This was yeah. I am so old. Uh, your next comedian is young enough to be, I could have birthed him. I am old enough to be his mother. That is absolutely a true fact. Uh, he's an, And he's a baby comedian. He's such a little baby. This is his first showcase, and he's so great. He brought a person. He's a bringer already. What a, He's killing it. He's killing it on the scene. No, you're not a bringer. You're in a real, it's not a bringer show. This obviously isn't a bringer show. <laughs> like... <laughs> I have no idea how the people found it, but it's clearly not for my marketing because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no, it's you, you, I'm sure you do. He did. Anyways, you guys are going to laugh. He's, he's really very funny. Put your hands together for Nathan Lowe. Yay! How's it going, everybody? Give it up for the room one more time. Mutiny Radio. Bringing all kinds of lovely showcases and open mics all on the airwaves. I'm Nasty Nate, apparently. It's like that dude shares needles and punches a lot of drywall. That's like a really weird moniker. Please don't make me Nasty Nate. I really, I really don't want to be Nasty Nate. Dude comes on, what's up guys? What are we doing? Fags, right? Like just a horrible comic, the worst thing. Sorry, I'm coming in a little strong. I am wearing my Coke jacket tonight. This is, uh, I want to make this very clear before I do start my set. I am far too poor for this coat. <laughs> I'm a very poor person. This coat was a gift uh, from a guy who was getting put into the back of a police car and had just said, hey man, you want to try on my coat? And now it's my coat. <laughs> it's mine. I get all these compliments on it. It's nice. I really wanted to hate it. Like at first, I only put it on like jokingly. I'm like this douchebag, fight eye guy in his coat. And then I put it on and I looked at myself in the mirror. It was like a, like a Lord of the Rings moment. Like the, the ring, it grabbed me. I looked at myself right in the eyes. I was like, my dad's gonna fucking buy this place. <laughs> it just came over me. I'm doing a lot of weird shit in this coat, man. I'm walk I just started watching Succession and like suits and shit. I just got an HBO subscription. All coat related jokes, guys. 
we're starting, we're starting this off really strong. You guys having fun? Y'all are all San Francisco Bay Area people? Yeah, do we have transplants? You guys are tall, where are y'all from? Not here, right? Is, it a, is there a daughter in your name? Some kind of Thor's daughter, something like that? Do you like guys who swing hammers? in the sky? Are you a Nordic person? Do you eat fish for breakfast? What the fuck are you? You look like you tried to kill Bruce Willis in every Die Hard movie. <laughs> Not from San Francisco. That's good. I like grins and nods instead of replies when I talk directly to people. Uh, don't worry about that. I've been here for a little bit. I've been here for about a year and a half. Uh, California for about three years. I, uh, I'm in the job hunt. Has anybody been job hunting? Ever before? <laughs> ever? Ever? Lost my job recently? It was a big thing. It's like you, when you first lose your job, you get this kind of panic. You're like, all right, I'm going to do anything. And then after a couple looks, you're like, maybe not anything. He's <laughs> like, I'm a video editor producer. And apparently people will just fucking film anything. I was fresh off getting fired. I got a text from my roommate, old roommate. And she was like, yeah, my buddy, he's uh, I heard you're a video producer for her. I'm like, oh, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. She said, yeah, no, my friend is a, he's a plastic surgeon. He needs someone to film surgeries uh, for the people so they know what they're getting into. And I was like, oh, gross. Okay. I need money. I'll figure this out. And then uh, I said, yeah, give him my information, figure it out. And then after I say all of that, I get another text. It's like, oh, by the way, it's, it's gender reversal surgeries, which I'm not a transphobic person, but it does sound a little bit like a would you rather that I would have phrased to myself when I was in the eighth grade. <laughs> like, hey, man, would you rather go broke and eat ramen for the rest of this month or film this dude getting his dick cut off? <laughs> in detail and then go back and edit it later. I'm sorry. <laughs> like edit it later for more detail and you're going to have to learn the names of shit and it's not, it's probably more in depth than I think. It's not just like taking a trans person's nose and blowing really hard into their mouth until something pops out. It's probably very in depth. I'm not ready for it. I don't know. <laughs> it was like, how broke are you? Would you film? <laughs> no, no, you're a filmer. Would you film this? Would you do it? I'm not a trans. I have a lot of trans friends. I love trans people. I love puppies. You guys love puppies? Get some class for puppies? Yeah? I love puppies too. I don't want to film puppies uh, getting their dicks cut off. I just don't want it. It's not a place that I want to be in. So, uh, so no, I didn't take, didn't take that job. I, I hiccuped halfway through. It was like a hiccup burp. It was both of those things. <laughs> but I've been in California for a little bit. I'm figuring it out. I came here from the deep south. I came here from Mississippi. That's the proper response. <laughs> it's like a wavering, oh, maybe. maybe. No, I'm good. I'm one of you guys now. I'm new woke. I'm new woke. And my family's trying to be woke. Like my grandmother's, uh, she's back home. And uh, I started dating a Chinese girl when I first moved here. And she was so proud of me just making the difference. She's telling all our friends like, oh my God, Nathan, he's out there, he's doing it. He's dating an Oriental girl and he's just doing really well. He's getting it figured out. I was like, you were so close. You were so, so close to being woke. She's trying so hard. She's trying so hard to be woke, but she just can't quite huff it. But some of you guys are cool though. There's normal Californians and there's the ultra woke. Like I live over at Baker Beach. And I was down there taking a picture of the sunset a couple nights ago, and it was a gorgeous one. San Francisco sunsets are fucking incredible. And I pulled out my phone, I was taking a picture, and this dude 
this fucking woke guy, he might as well have been wearing like six beanies in the summer. <laughs> just walked up to me like uh, like he was at Harley Strictly or something that one day a year where white girls and Johnny Depp just become the same person. It's just wide brim hats and accessories. <laughs> Comes up to me and like leans into my personal space and goes like, did you know that pretty sunsets are actually just the sun reflecting off of our pollution? I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. Sunsets are nice. Are you trying to ruin sunsets for me? Seriously, like my one, all right. And also, no, it's not. It's not like before the Industrial Revolution, the lights just fucking shut off at 745 and everybody panicked and prayed. Uh, um, that might be <laughs> that might be what happened. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I did the God thing for a long time. I'm learning about other things. People in the South, we don't fuck with the Zodiac. We don't know what the hell that is. And you know, I learned about astrology just from dating like annoying California girls, telling me why it's okay to hate a Scorpio. <laughs> just explaining, man, I, I stepped into it really hard. The first time I, I had no idea, like nothing about it. And girl comes up to me, he's like, I'm a cancer. I was like, oh, cancer, six month commitment? Fucking, I'm Nathan, hi. How's it going? Just kidding, I didn't do that. I wouldn't date someone with cancer just because I have problems. So yeah, that was a lie for jokes, and uh, <laughs> but I learned a little bit about it. I, it's kind of nonsense. It feels like entry-level racism to me. <laughs> it's like these four months out of the year, fuck them. No, I just don't like it. It's like, well, I can say that. I'm a Virgo, but fuck those people. I, don't, I always just change it. Whenever a girl asks me, I just say a different one. What are you? I'm a Capricorn. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. You're such a Capricorn. Next girl, what are you? I'm like a Virgo. Oh my God, you're such a Virgo. Jesus Christ, you're such a Virgo. Other things that happen. I just found out you guys don't fuck with burn piles. You don't burn your trash? You guys don't do that here? That was a fond family memory I had back home. Like we'd gather up all of our trash, go to grandpa's house, build a pyre. Just had like a, it was like a barbecue. It was great. I had a wiffle ball bat. I just hit like little tinfoil cans in there. Now I'm here in San Francisco, I gotta figure out how six fucking garbage cans work. <laughs> With some woke Californian explaining it to me the whole time. This one's for plastic, this one's for glass. This one's for the little rings of plastic that go around your glass. It's like, just talk to you like an asshole. There's these things called, do you know what animals are? There's these things called animals. <laughs> and some of them, these little fuckers, their necks are thin and they'll just, and they'll just die right there in the thing. Yeah. That's the proper amount of hiding inside of your coffee cup for the end of that joke. It's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, we did talk a little bit about the news with Cody Abe and nervous Edward Norton earlier tonight. I'm kidding. You didn't seem nervous tonight. You were great, but you do. <laughs> you do. You give me no, you give me Norton vibes though. I feel like you're at any point are going to ask me to punch you in the face. <laughs> come on, do it. I want to feel alive. Come on, come on. I grew this mustache for compliments. Okay, that's good. But I've been doing some glowy news. I found out the other day that uh, Larry King, you guys know Larry King? Larry King Live? Do they have that in the Netherlands? <laughs> no? Was I close? Finland. Sweden. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> that one. But yeah, he just got divorced. He just got divorced. He's 78 years old. Larry King, you imagine being 78 and just like, ah, I could do better. <laughs> One foot in the grave. You're like, we're going to roll this one more time, and we're going to see if this is the one that pans out. Imagine going back into the dating pool at 78. Like, my hobbies include breathing. <laughs> I really like, uh, like well-carpeted stairwells. <laughs> Big fan of fiber. Love fiber. 
I love, uh, I love, you know, suspenders that don't cut into my gross old paper mache skin. <laughs> like all those things. I think if you date Larry King now, though, I think the odds of him actually ghosting you, they're probably pretty high. He's physically, he's a ghost. He's behind you. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm a little loose. Pam gave me several uh, loaves of weed bread. <laughs> The more the more shows I do at Mutiny, I'm like, what else can we fucking fit weed into? <laughs> That's how we get paid. That's how comics get paid. It's like this is this is it's a weed uh, like a thumbtack, and you just stick it into your neck, and it just sends weed right into your blood. And here's seven of them, and drive safe. <laughs> and that's my whole relationship with Pam. I'm not used to it. Like I grew up in the South where weed was so, so illegal. Like I didn't smoke weed until I was 22. Uh, yeah, I was halfway through college. 22, that's how that went. And, <laughs> and uh, dude, I got my weed from this dude named Bud Lingo, and we'd get in the back of a Honda Civic at 2.30 in the morning. And he would give me 20 bucks just for weed. There was no sativa, no indica, no strain. It was just 20 bucks, snickle fritz, here you go. Have fun fucking white knuckling it all the way home. So I Anne Franked my weed habit for about two and a half years. Just hiding it in shit. She was a good hider. That's not, it's like people, oh, that joke. It's a positive thing. She was good at it. They never, they caught, the one time they caught her. But it was, other than that, very good hiding. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a black guy big dick joke. Like, no one's going to turn that compliment down. No black guy ever has been like, nah, that's actually a misconception. <laughs> it's never been a real thing. I did track and field in college. I saw some black dicks that made me concerned for their health. <laughs> I was like, bro, how are you not, you're circulating gallons of blood. How are you not just passing the fuck out anytime you're mildly excited? That's why you act so fucking cool all the time, man. <laughs> but yeah, I was in the back of Bud Lingo's car uh, trying to buy weed. <laughs> and I, uh, I hid it for a very long time. Then I moved here, and it was very fucking different. I went to a, a dispensary. Have you guys been to dispensaries? Yes? You talk to that fucking weed sommelier dude. This guy In the South, we just called that guy an annoying dealer. <laughs> guy who's like, this one's, this is called Blue Dream. It's for when you're blue and you need dreams. And this one is really good for if you just had a ravioli and you want another ravioli. And <laughs> this is really, it's the good stuff. And, and, and this, this will make you wobbly, but like a happy wobbly. And so I talked to that fucking asshole for about two hours. And then I just like, just weed, put it in the bag. And I got it, my legal receipt. Walked it to my car. I still put that shit in my gas cap and drove home. <laughs> I was terrified, and I'm still terrified every time I smoke it, and I've been doing it every day for three years. That has been my time. Thanks so much for having me. Mutiny Radio, give it up for Pam. Yay! Look, it's your phone. It's important. Your phone, your phone. Nathan, he's, he's proud of himself. No, it, that was that was great. Uh, oh, don't leave, guys. Wait for your last comedian. She's so funny. Do you know Joanna Bateman? She's amazing. She's super, 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 super funny. She's super amazing. Uh, you're headliner of the night. She's a singer. She's a songstress. I keep telling people about your amazing Ariana Grande song. It's because you're so you're so amazing. She's a singer. She's a dancer. She's an actress. She's a hilarious comedian. You're gonna love her. Put your hands together for Joanna Bateman. Yay! Thank you.
wow. Um, I feel, I'm not going to lie, I'm actually like in a weird space today. Um, that comment he made about hating Scorpios, like, I kind of take offense to that. Like, I am a Scorpio. It's Scorpio season. We're in a Mercury retrograde. It's in the middle of a full moon. It's like, watch what you're saying when you're saying it. <sighs> yeah, I've been, like, bitchy today. I've been bitchy. I told a woman at the my work, she was, like, came around the register to, like, look at the computer, and I was like, you need to stand over there. Like, get, like, don't come back here. This is not your job. This is my job. Get in your area. And then, like, this older woman who comes a lot, it's a yoga studio, <laughs> okay? Basic bitch is on the stage. I work at a yoga studio. I don't, I think basic is like, first of all, I have to ground myself because that's, <laughs> I am, I am on, I am, I am in like a, space part of my existence right now like nothing's making sense and everything's making sense if that makes sense um, so I'm gonna go to my set that I've thought about doing and we're gonna do that do you guys like to sing Okay, I'm gonna try to teach you a song because I think sometimes it's easier to communicate um, in song form so I'm gonna teach you guys a song okay um, all my ladies are gonna say, do you believe? Can you do that with me? One, two, three. Do you believe? And then all my male energies are gonna say, in life after Trump, after Trump, after Trump. Can you guys do that? Let's practice the after Trump part. One, two, three. After Trump, after Trump, after Trump. Good. So we'll do it. Ladies, do you believe? Guys, Trump after Trump after Trump. No, we're learning. I'm learning how to teach this. I don't, I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> so let's just do it all together. All the words. Ready? One, two, three. Do you believe in life after Trump after Trump after Trump? And see, like, the disco ball is moving, right? Cher, right? Get your inner. So Cher basically sings like there's a big vocal light that just beams from outer space through to her genitals. So just imagine that that's happening. Do you believe in life after Trump, after Trump, after Trump? Russia raped our election four years ago. Donald J is a rape baby, oh no. I'm not falling for it no more. Pelosi's taking it to the Senate floor. Uh-oh, sing it with me, two, three, four. Do you believe in life after Trump, after Trump, after Trump? Oh. <laughs> oh. We have to like, everything happens for a reason, this shit. <laughs> like, we have to make it make sense in the universe, right? Like maybe this all happened so that uh, you guys were here tonight and got to sing. You know, I mean, I hope it's bigger than that, but just in case it's not, two, three, four. <laughs> Do you believe in life after Trump? Oh, right? Just keep on believing. Keep that hope alive. 
Um, hi, I'm Joanna. I am a very beautiful woman, but I am so ugly on the inside. <laughs> Mark Marin gave me that joke, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can't get past, like, people have come up to me telling me I'm too sexy to be funny. It's like, fuck you! But he was like, you gotta make it funny. So um, I'm trying that one out, but it, see, it feels so disingenuine because it did, I didn't make it up, and I think my insides are probably really beautiful too. <laughs> you know, like, I'm vain, I love my body. <laughs> like, I, it doesn't work, Mark Marin, <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, Yes, but I love women. I love myself as a woman. I love uh, all women. I love the, the idols that we make in society as the women that we idolize. Uh, Cher was an idol at one point. Half-Breed was a song, and she's like mid-drifty in the 70s, like just killing it. She had her own show. I love Cher. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. How are uh, you guys like manly men? Did you guys like watch the World Series at all? Okay, like the World Series. Yo, I only watched the second to last one. But those baseball guys, literally, up to the bat, this is what they're doing. They're like sticking out. They're, they're like thrusting. It was the hottest thing. I was like, why haven't I been watching baseball? <laughs> Give me that like thrust. And then they were like... It was incredible. And then and then in our in my house, my boyfriend got so excited. He was like, the what the Nationals. Oh, hey guys, I'm so glad you guys came back. The Washington Nationals, okay? The DC. They they were the underdogs and they beat the Texas Astros in the World Series. Right? And it was like red state, blue state, and like the underdogs were the blue state, and they won. And it was like for a moment in time, we had respite from all of the horrendous things that the television shows us. And it was like, oh, you know, I got to watch this, you know, like, just, like funky, like thrusts from these men in uniform. And then one week later, the fucking catcher, they go to the White House. And the fucking catcher of the DC Nationals puts on the red hat and gets titty hugged by President Trump. And it was like shattering of my happiness. It was like oh, this one thing, this one pure thing. And now my liberal dreams are sinking into a sorrowful pit of unnameable rage. And I'm back to square one. <sighs> the division is real. And uh, yeah, so I, I just think that in my household, my boyfriend saw that picture of the Nationals catcher in the hat, and he was just, I mean, it ruined, it ruined the whole week. Uh, and I was trying to be like, it's Scorpio season, it's Mercury in retrograde, it's the full moon. He's like, no, it's the catcher in the hat and the fucking trunk. Get it. It was like enraged in this. And I just think, I think a lot of men are experiencing a lot of unnameable rage, especially the like, woke like trying to be liberal trying to like fight for for the for the democracy for this liberal capitalist democracy unity of of people and then they just get smashed to smithereens and they don't know who 
they are anymore in some weird way. This is my interpretation. And, I, and it's my interpretation because I can relate, okay? I am a woman. I can relate to compromising my identity, <laughs> okay? Like, uh, every time my boyfriend's like, you were flirting with him, I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, I was, okay? <laughs> like, but it, I'm not flirting. I'm existing, okay? That's what it is for me to talk to people, okay? I, in my 20s, I was young. I didn't understand my power I was like rah, rah, you know it was just like every time I had a conversation with a man of a certain age with any kind of power it was like I ended up naked like you know upset <laughs> okay basically but <laughs> but now I'm in my 30s and I understand my power I understand yes I am flirting in every conversation I have yes I am but I'm doing it to control the situation. <laughs> like, I understand what's happening, and I just, like, push them the other way. And it's, it's quite empowering. Being 30 is fucking rad, loving it. But I understand the rage, and I understand the compromise, and I think all women do, and I think it's kind of like, men, if you're frustrated, and the rage is, like, there's nobody to pin this rage on, just talk it out to a friend therapist because, and, and, and a, a woman will probably be able to be like, yeah, no, it makes total sense. I relate to that. Uh, I think all women have been compromising since like the beginning of time. Like the, you know, fucking Eve, the first idol that we were taught, right? She like started the Bible or something. Her and Adam, I think they have a reality TV show now. It's like crazy shit. But Eve, right? I mean, imagine she was compromising her truth because she was like, Adam, like, <laughs> I think I'm bleeding out of my womb and that's why I'm in pain. Like, because I'm bleeding from inside my vagina. Like, that deer over there is bleeding, like, limping. Like, that's, it's pain because I'm bleeding. And Adam was like, no, it's pain because you ate that trippy fruit and we forgot where our favorite cave to sleep in was and it's all your fault. And she was like, okay, whatever, geez, you know, like, fine, <laughs> I guess it is all my fault. You know, it's just like easier, <laughs> easier to say that than like, uh, menstruation, let's talk about it, you know, <laughs> like, just, so compromise, women, we get it, men, I think right now we're gonna just gonna have to enter into an age where we're all having to compromise our rage. And like, you have rage, I have rage, Let's listen to Ariana Grande. She helps me. <laughs> she helps me. Ariana Grande, another woman who is realizing her sexual power, her sexual sorcery, right? Thank you. Next, her and her like all African-American songwriting producing team co-opting like trap music and like hip hop and R&B, but it's like for the best, you know? It's like it's for like the best pop music for for all of us, okay? Ariana Grande's amazing, and if you are not aware, you are not aware. <laughs> Let me sum it up to you. I am she is she is we, and we are Ariana. Cuckoo, kachoo, <laughs> okay? She broke the Beatles record, like, in 50 years. She's gonna be our Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Do you believe in life after Trump, after Trump, after Trump? We'd learned this earlier. Uh, yeah. Ariana, 
Kamala needs to prosecute Trump. That's what needs to happen. Kamala's gonna prosecute that shit because they tried to take us Brett Kavanaugh style to another rape party, <laughs> rape in this election too, and we're not gonna fall for it again. Kamala's like, I'm gonna, I'm a prosecutor. I can do this, I can do this job. But she's not doing too well in the polls. <laughs> so you know what she needs? Ariana Grande. <laughs> We all need Ariana Grande. What if Ariana Grande came out with a song for Kamala Harris's 2020 campaign theme song? What would it look like? Let me show you. <laughs> okay, first of all, she sings to her sold out crowds of millions like this. Yeah, she's like on the stage. It's all very Instagram friendly. I've never been to a concert, but I scroll through Instagram, just hashtag Ariana, and I feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm there. She does choreography and everything, but mainly she sings best when she's nice and relaxed. Is, am I the only basic bitch? Does anybody else listen to Ariana Grande? Who's in a relationship? Are you guys like kind of together? Not at all. Are you guys kind of together? Okay. So label-wise, that song Boyfriend that came out in the summer, Social House, you're not my boyfriend, uh-uh, and I'm not your girlfriend, uh-uh, but I don't want you to see nobody else, and I don't want you to touch nobody. I can relate to that. Okay, so <laughs> Ariana Grande for Kamala Harris. Here it goes. <sighs> Yo, right? I'm pretty good. You love it how she moves you. You love it how she touch you. Come along. When all is said and done, we need a woman in the White House. Come along, she is so fine, yeah. Trump is such a waste of time, yeah. Prosecutor and a senator. See the way she like it, how she climbed the ladder. <laughs> Refuse to relive last election. I'm sorry that I give you erection. You gotta listen, I'm a sexy mouse. We need a woman in the White House, yo. get some energy behind these candidates, okay? All right, where am I, where am I at, Pam? You're at 15 minutes, so you're all good. Hmm. Okay, um, it's Thanksgiving time. Are you guys like excited to see your family? Are you guys gonna do that, family time? No, no family time. I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna see the clan. We come from a family that doesn't talk about uh, issues at all at the table, like no politics, no religion, no, just like memories of the dog. <laughs> like old nostalgic pet stories. And my brothers are procreating, so that has changed everything. Um, but my dad, I'm always, you know, I came out to California 10 years ago, I'm like, my mind is open. I'm like taking it upon myself to root out like, institutionalized racism. I'm starting with my dad, you know? I go home, I'm like, 
dad, like, what do you think about this impeachment thing? <laughs> and I bet all the guy wants to talk about, and he's gonna turn every conversation to his new chipper shredder. <laughs> My dad is making his own mulch, I guess. Does anybody else's dad like to take pieces of wood and turn it into smaller pieces of wood? <laughs> My dad is making his own mulch. I assume it's to bury his ever-awakening conscience. <laughs> to deal with his rage. He's like, ah, my life isn't ending up the way I thought it would. <laughs> we all gotta have outlets. This is mine, you know? <laughs> like, my dad's is mulch. <laughs> um, oh, okay. My mother, she's got cancer. She's like making her will out next week. For real outlet hello <laughs> um but the crazy thing is i'm processing it like this you guys okay so newsflash women get cancer in their vaginas <laughs> i did not know that until it that one hit home you know my mom got vagina cancer and the surgical option was to remove it remove actually everything her stomach her organs and the vagina itself sew her up Make her life-size Barbie. <laughs> Did not know doctors were doing that. I didn't know. Call me ignorant, but I had no idea that was happening. And so, you know, this has been like two years. Like, I've got therapists, and I'm shoving it all on you now. <laughs> so, um, But I, I, I processed it in this way that's like, okay, if one day a doctor can uh, take away my pussy, <laughs> I better use that thing as much as I fucking can. <laughs> until then like I have been touching myself constantly I'm rubbing away all the time and I highly recommend if you have a vagina and a clitoris uh, touch it <laughs> touch it as often as you can and not just for um you know pleasure sometimes it helps with, like menial decision making I'll be at the grocery store and I'll be like what do I want for dinner tonight like broccoli or zucchini Zucchini it is. Like it knows. It knows. Maybe that's maybe the baseball guys like also have so, the their I think the genitals know like what to do. And then the baseball guys have really figured it out. They're like, tell me when to hit penis. And the penis is like, now and it out. And then Trump hugs their tits, you know. Full circle. Um, that's my time. Thanks for listening. I'm doing, yay! Yay, you gotta touch yourself, you guys. Um, I'm doing a show next Thursday. It's gonna be all um, feminine energy. So come out if you want. It's like donation-based. It's on my Instagram, Joanna Bateman's, and Mutiny's Instagram is promoting it as well. Thursday night, come and like have fun with us. Thank you so much. Yay! Hey, headliner Joanna Bateman, yay! You're amazing. You're so, you're so entertaining. It's just so great. Um, that, hey, I'm fucking high. There's... <laughs> I was gonna end with a joke, but I forgot what I was gonna say because I was like, I ate way, I was hungry today, so I just kept eating that fucking pacacha pot. It's pot focaccia, it's pacacha. I also make pasta. I love, I love weed food. I love weed so much.
I'm like weed singularity now. I just want to pump my boobs so that I can make cheese out of it and TH cheese and we can get high and I can save the vegans. See, I'm all over that side. We'll just say, we'll just say goodbye. Thank you guys all for being here. Thank you, five real people. Yay! And Jonathan for running the door and also the board there and all the comics that you saw. And thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting Mutiny Radio. Yay! Follow us on Instagram, and that I'm supposed to say that at Mutiny Radio SF. Oh. There you go. Now I have it. This is my social media post two weeks. Riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle <laughs> yeah. repaired or replaced. No, I know. Year two. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1 800 Law Tigers or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers. California's motorcycle local today. So it's often available. Body Incriminate Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 5584.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Hey, you open micer in San Francisco comedy scene. Maybe you want time to do jokes. Well, this is the place to do it. Mutiny Radio. We have three open mic a week just for you. Monday's joke workshop from 6 to 8. Come and get four minutes and four minutes of commentary from your comedian peers. Come on Fridays for happy hour 6 to 8 here at Mutiny Radio. All the comics. Wonderful, hilarious people in the scene. Get to know them. Hang out. Do a set. Have it recorded here and on a podcast at mutinyradio.fm and come in on Saturdays from 4 to 6. Get long sets because no one ever shows up, so it's like stage time and people can listen. Come on by to Mutiny Radio. Get your comedy on, baby. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRCollective.org. We'll see you there. Coffee, hang on, Carl. Sounds great. That was oh. a good theme song. Oh, that was a, some good theme song. 
<laughs> that theme song is courtesy of Carl. Carl, thanks for the courtesy. Ah, gracias, gracias to you, my friend. Carl, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube.
Bye.